We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. A Sunday fun day for the Cincinnati Bengals and Bengals fans. They get their win on Thursday night. The rest of the AFC North, well, they lost. We talked a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills matchup. It was a win for the Bills, a comeback win in the second half, just a wild 1 p.m. slate. We'll move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers before recapping a little bit with the Cleveland Browns and Atlanta Falcons. They moved on. And I was a little surprised it was going to be the second half. If you're Mike Tomlin, I feel like you had to do that because you're not getting anywhere with Mitch Trubisky. We, we've watched uh, enough football already this season, even when he was in Cincinnati. I can't believe they had nine punts, um, and we don't want to talk about that game that they should have won. But at the same time, this offense wasn't getting anything done. Why not put Kenny Pickett out there? You look at the rest of the AFC North. You have one win in the North, still a chance. It's early on in the season. You can really flip the script. They went with Kenny Pickett in the second half. What did you think about Kenny's first start? Caught glimpses. I, I like. I was moving that couch, uh, but <laughs> I, did, I, <laughs> I, I did go back and watch at least all the interceptions and his touchdowns. And a uh, really nice throw he had over the middle of the field to Firemuth where he got blasted on the play. He also had a back shoulder throw to Pickens. But then he... I don't think these interceptions are completely his fault. We're just going to throw out the third one, whatever. Yeah. Hail Mary, who cares? The first one, I thought it was a little bit underthrown to Claypool. But the reason you get a Chase Claypool as Pittsburgh is because he's like six foot four and can jump out the building and he doesn't come down with that against the safety. Don't love that. And then ends up being a pick. Uh, and then the other one, it was high to Fryermuth. And I think that's just unlucky that it wasn't an incomplete pass. He couldn't come down with it, ends up being intercepted. I don't think he threw any terrible interceptions, even though I think some people want to believe that. Uh, I don't think that either one were terrible. I thought, they were both, I thought both the ones that were actual interceptions were fine. I think his receivers could have done more, or it was a bad bounce. Uh, overall, I thought he looked all right. He's a rookie. I wouldn't be overly concerned about him this season. Uh, probably better than Trubisky, maybe. I don't know. I think so. Trubisky looks like the worst starter in the league. So I, I think it's like you should be better than that. I don't know about today when you just look at the stats, but I do think he played better than him when he was in there. Yeah, and I think the move going forward, it's going to be Kenny Pickett. I don't think you go back to Mitch Trubisky because you've seen enough of what he's able to do as a starting quarterback. And then maybe that looks different for Kenny Pickett going forward. And the thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's easy to watch them now and think, I can't believe Cincinnati dropped that first game. And look, it could come back to bite them depending on how the division looks at the end and the AFC standings. But at the same time, they don't have TJ Watt. These teams aren't facing TJ Watt and what that looks like on the defensive side because he can wreck a game. We saw that. And it's a whole different football team when TJ Watt isn't on the field. And I want to say they've never, I could be wrong. Our producer, Nick, will know because he's a Pittsburgh guy. This is not a Steelers podcast. I'm just talking a little AFC North right now. I don't think the Steelers have ever won a game with TJ Watt not playing. And that is a total guess of mine right now. So obviously this team, they have a, they have holes, they have injuries. They're at the bottom of the AFC North. And I think you're right when you think that Kenny Pickett 
won't be too much of a factor until next season and what that's going to look like. But I think they roll with him the rest of the way because you don't have anything else to lose. He does say, he says, I don't believe they've ever won a game without TJ Watt. That's just a guess on my end. So we'll flip over to the Browns and the Falcons. I feel like the Browns should have an asterisk next to their season because it shouldn't count. I'm so annoyed by that organization. It's fun to watch them lose games out of every single team in the AFC North. That's one of those teams where I'm like, yeah, that was, that was pretty great. I love, I liked everything about that. But when you look at the AFC North after just this past Sunday, all of them drop games. What does that mean for Cincinnati? What what would you do if you were to compare four games right now to where the Bengals look and, and what the rest of the AFC North looks like right now? To me, the Ravens are the only real competition in the division this year. I think the Browns are going to be pretty tough competition next year. Uh, but at two and two and losses to the Jets and the Falcons, I mean, that's not great. And I know they're going to be better towards the end of the season when they get redacted back, but um, – I don't think I don't think they'll be in a spot to really do anything after that unless he goes like undefeated, which I don't think the team is that good either. It like is a really good team, but look, the Bills are losing. The only undefeated team is the Eagles. <laughs> and uh that team is a super team compared to the Browns are losing talent, by the way. I mean, they lost their center, their you know, Miles Garrett was out today. Injuries are gonna keep piling up. Um just overall I I don't see them as a real, real threat. Uh, losing to the Falcons, that's just bad. That's uh, For a team that you are built both pretty much to win now with what you did for the quarterback, and I know that they probably are throwing the season away in their mind of like, well, we don't have that quarterback for 12 games or whatever, 11. Uh, you're still built that way and to lose to the Falcons. It's like they're not losing to tough opponents. They're they lost to the Jets and Falcons. That's not, I don't know. I, I And they could still beat the Bengals just because the Bengals have never shown that they can stop that run game and they'll be without DJ reader in that first one. So that that's something I'm worried about. Well, I shouldn't say, or is that four weeks? I'm not 100% sure. Do you know? Um, DJ reader could return for that game. Okay. Okay. So I shouldn't say he won't play. It's probably, it's doubtful in my mind that he plays just based off the way everybody's talking about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the Ravens are the real threat and they do still look good to play the bills that tight and close the entire game and to jump out on a lead on them. That's impressive. I think we talking a lot about like, it's weird. They're not holding these leads. This is a team built to hold leads, but, uh, they are still a good team. They're the team that I would be worried about in the AFC North, although it is football anything can happen. The Steelers are a team to me that's rebuilding, even though they beat the Bengals. It's like, they're, they're a next year team. They're, they're a team so much in flux and it kind of sucks for some of the defensive players for them because it's like well who knows if cam hayward's this good or plays next year and you know tj watt will probably be fine but i don't know there's other guys Edmonds is probably gone next year and minka's getting older i don't know minka's really good still though he <laughs> he's, he's got a he got a really nice pick and was almost a touchdown on the return I, I remember thinking like other than parsons he might be number two in defensive player of the year yeah, he had another play in the game again today. Um, I know he did leave early. I, can't, I I don't know if he went back in the game or not. I wasn't watching that game all four quarters. But just overall in the AFC North, I agree with you. I think Baltimore is the competition. I think they're built right now to win. Still a young team on both sides of the ball. And, and with Cleveland, a lot of people say, you know, when – again, I hate even bringing up his name, but when Deshaun Watson returns – 
you know, he can really change or they'd be 4-0 right now. Their defense has some problems. They have some holes defensively. So it's not a they're not a quarterback away from fixing where where their problems are at. So I think it's 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 Baltimore and Cincinnati after four weeks. Um, that's why you don't count people out after the first two weeks of football. It's still a long season. We'll see what happens for Cincinnati too. You got to stay healthy. But overall, I don't think you can ask for a better matchup. Week five primetime football. Cincinnati has about three or four more primetime games to go uh, coming up. And Three of those are going to be divisional games, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be wild and and fun to watch for next Sunday night, and we'll get to all that later this week. But you had time to go back and watch the tape, all of the good stuff. Offensive line is gelling off of the first reaction, but really, is the offensive line gelling right now? I think the offensive line's gelling. I think Joe Burrow and the coaching staff is trusting the offensive line. This is the biggest thing. They ran. I think I talked about it that dagger concept. And they were trying to cheat it against the Cowboys. They kept, you know, reducing the split or trying to get it with play action. This time they ran it as it should be run. Just shotgun, drop back, six-man protection. Burrow hangs in the pocket. They give him time. It's a five-step drop and a hitch. So that's that's a long time. That's like a seven-step drop, basically. And we always talk about how seven-step drops are killer. So five-step drop, hitch, throws the dig route wide open. This is a cover two killer, Tampa 2 specifically, because you take that bender middle of the field vertical route he's just driving that pole runner way out of the play the they usually have a little hitch sit type route underneath to hold the zone defender and then burrow just throws it between the two hooks one of them's being held so it should be a wide open window work like a charm to t higgins who is a fantastic route runner on this play he the only uh, coverage this shouldn't work on at all is two-man. And against the Broncos, T. Higgins beat his guy because they have inside leverage, and it's a deep inside route. Dig route is a 15 or so yard in route. Um, he beat him. He, he, whoever I think it was Ronald Darby was trying to cover him, and he just gives a little shimmy shake and gets to the inside on him. And I was like, oh, man, we need to really work T over the middle of the field. Back last year when I saw that, I was like, the teams are going to run these two high stuff. This is a killer against that. And they finally ran it and executed it well. I was very excited about that. I, I I was like, this is what I wanted to see was them trust the offensive line. I want to see the offensive line earn that trust. And then I want to see Burrow feel comfortable. All three things happen on that one play. And I know it's just like a, it's like a 16 yard gain that I'm going on and on about, but it, it just signifies everything that I've been talking about with Burrow doesn't seem to be trusting his offensive line and his offensive line has been playing poorly and not earning that trust. And the coaching staff even seems to recognize like, Hey, our offensive line can't protect. And this time they did it. And I was just, I was ecstatic when I saw that on the film. I was like, I didn't even know they ran this play. Cause I, you know, I was in the stands and not you know, one play. There's no replays really when you're out there. So uh, I, I watched it. I was just like, Oh my God, they, they ran it. They didn't reduce the split. He came from wide. T does a really good job reading the underneath coverage too. This was an issue Mike Thomas had. Um, Mike Thomas in the first game, they just put him in that spot and he misread it three times, I think, where he either ran into a defender or stopped right behind a defender. And it was like, oh man, you were killing one of my favorite plays. But then they got T on it and it was there. I'm like, they've got their Tampa 2, their main, I think what should be one of their main beaters for Tampa 2 because it's Whatever you consider an explosive play, it's not 20 yards unless he gets a little yak, but that's kind of an explosive play to hit 15, 16 yards against the Tampa 2 coverage. Yeah, one of the things Joe did, uh, I know, was a big national topic when he said he deleted his social media. He um, 
posted real quick after the game and then deleted his social media again, what he said he was going to do in the post game. And one of the pictures, he tagged all of his offensive linemen and he said, I'm in the pocket, like obviously Burrow, the song. And he tagged all of his offensive linemen. And to see Joe Burrow in his own little pocket and all this room in the world to just do Joe Burrow things, it was probably the throw to T. Higgins that led to a touchdown. But it was wild to see because we don't see Joe Burrow have the time or have that clean pocket all the time. And and we've talked plenty about offensive lines. Sometimes it's Burrow, sometimes it's off, offensive line, and sometimes it just works out that way. But I think Thursday night was just a really good example of him having that time. And it's crazy because we had Duke Manyweather on after week one, and he says around the five to four to five to six weeks – they're hitting right at week five, and it really does feel like the communication with this offensive line is changing. It's new guys. I mean, I can't imagine being on an offensive line with a new team, not having those in-game reps, but finally getting those under your belt. And you're not facing Micah Parsons, TJ Watt. And it's a little bit like, okay, we can settle. We can breathe a little bit. And I think we are starting to see the offensive line settle down in a good way. Absolutely. Just – I still don't think it's perfect. Like there were a couple plays. I'm like, that'll get better. You know, like the, the a miscommunication here, there, like, but overall it's just so much better from where it was communication wise. You still had guys losing their individual reps. And I still am pretty concerned that Lyle Collins, this is just a back thing. This isn't rust. I think this is, I think we can pretty much call this. This is, I think a back issue. And it's probably, you could hope the long week helps and you could hope maybe the bye week heals it up but we might be dealing with this for most of the year. <laughs> uh, that's just, maybe that's just a worry of mine that it could end up being like a year long type thing because he's going to want to play because he's a, you know, he's a player. He's, you know, these guys really want to get out there and play. But I think that also is doing the other thing where it's like, you need to rest that back, man. It's clearly not good. Uh, but everybody else is doing better. And I want to shout out again. I think last week I said, Jenna Williams, I think was the most impressive offensive lineman. I don't, he might have been the most impressive individual again this week, and he just looks solid. He looks better. He looks where I thought he would be when he started the year, and I guess that is the communication and the rust of not playing in the preseason and not knowing your left guard and all this other stuff. But he went against Melvin Ingram, who I think is a good edge rusher, and he won that matchup, I think. Um, plenty of plays where he's you know, holding him back and doing a good job against one of the better edge rushers in this league, their best edge rusher, I think. Well, their best pass rusher, I think. Although Christian Wilkins had a really good game against the interior at times. Uh, overall, I was just, I was really happy with the offensive line in this game. I think, at least pass protection wise, it's it's almost there. Run game, no, but it's okay. My favorite play happened in the run game where they all pushed Joe Mixon into the end zone, and oh my god, they were so excited. I loved seeing that the Ted Karras fist bump, and the other guys are like. It arms up in the air. It looked like the end. I, I've said this a few times already, but it looked like the end of an '80s movie. <laughs> you like fist bumps, like the credits should start rolling. It's the first quarter, but <laughs> I, I kind of want to make the edit of Tinker's fist bump thing freeze frame, and the credits just start going down with like a Peter Gabriel song or something. Okay, you have to do that, and we're going into our next segment to talk a little more Ted Karras because he is a fan favorite right now. But I agree with you when you talked about Lyle Collins. He might that might be something that he deals with the rest of the year, and he might just be one of those guys 
who doesn't really get practice reps at all during the week. We'll see him be limited. We'll see him be questionable all throughout the week. And then he's good to go for game day. I, I don't see them pushing anything and, and having him out there, you know, for, for that, for the time being, just to make sure he's healthy on game day. And it's just going to be something that lingers. And hopefully that's what it is. I mean, you never want someone to battle an injury, but you know, maybe it isn't rest. Maybe it is just the back issue. So we'll see how that works out the rest of the season, but plenty more to get to with this offensive line. Positive news. Yeah. Nick, our producer, says some breakfast club vibes you have to make that happen i want to see it on social media tomorrow you have 24 hours oh my god tomorrow i'm hoping to write an article tuesday you have until (laughs) tuesday to get that done everybody everybody needs to see that it'll be a great reference so make sure you follow Bengals underscore sands it'll be up there this week it's his homework (laughs) very much gonna try i'm I'm definitely gonna try i don't I don't have my premiere right now. That's why my our, my things don't have any spotlights uh, because I use my fiance's. <laughs> She's hey, changed you know jobs and they haven't given her login yet. Okay. All right. Not yet, but to be determined in the future, this is going to happen. It needs to, and you can always post it later. We'll have more. That, that's how you know my premiere's back. I'll post that video because it'll only take me a minute, but I'll make a video of Ted Karras credits roll. And that's how you know I've got my premiere, my Adobe premiere back. I love it. I love it. We'll know. We'll add Adobe Premiere on Twitter and maybe they'll send some free stuff. <laughs> We're big fans of the show. Uh, we'll have more on Philly's <laughs> game day in Cincinnati.